Hi, this is Maddie Rose, host of The Fame Game, and this is Our Future is Missing. Please be on the lookout for Lauren Spirer. She is 20 years old and went missing from Bloomington, Indiana, June 3rd, 2011 at 4.30 a.m. She is Caucasian, 4'11", 95 pounds, with blue eyes and blonde hair. She was wearing a white tank top, a white button-down shirt, and full-length black spandex pants. If you know of Lauren's whereabouts, please contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline, 1-800-THE-LOST or 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Lauren, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. And welcome to the program. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we will be talking with a special guest, Dan Storper, the CEO and founder of Putumayo World Music. Plus, we will be reviewing Barbie Princess and the Pop Star, Finding Nemo 3D, and the Perks of Being a Wildflower. So, or Wallflower, excuse me. So, right now, we are going to be talking with Dan Storper. So, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. So tell me a little bit about what sparked your interest in getting into music. Well, you know, it's an interesting story. You know, I was a young kid, like a lot of kids. I loved music and we heard a lot of great stuff on the radio back in the 1960s. A lot of, you know, even some African, Latin and other kinds of music kind of made it through to the radio. And I just kind of always loved music that made you feel good, kind of had your, got your teep, uh, your feet uh, tapping. And uh, one day uh, I was coming back from Indonesia, from Bali, and I stopped in San Francisco and I heard this African group playing in Golden Gate Park. And I just flipped out over the music. And uh, I owned some retail shops in New York and came back to New York and stopped into one of them. And they were playing some really kind of thrash metal music. And I said, you know, it's not really appropriate. We were selling kind of inter international crafts and clothing from around the world. So I thought it was you know, important to kind of find the music that would fit. And so I started looking for some great world music. And the first day kind of started playing some of that international music. Everyone started asking about it. And one thing led to another and I started a record label. And we have at Putumayo now released almost 200 collections. Wow, that's amazing. So what's it like from, you know, being a kid who listened to good music on the radio to now being a leader in world music? Well, you know, I think one of the things that's been exciting for me has been this evolution. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're uh, three years old and, you know, my son is now seven. William has been listening to music since he was, you know, in the crib and he still listens to all kinds of music in a way that, you know, unfortunately, as we get older, sometimes we become less connected. And uh, ultimately, I think what it is about 
music that you know makes people um, interested is that somehow brings you into it. It it lifts your spirits. It makes you feel good. It doesn't matter whether you're from uh, a troubled area in the world that has all kinds of you know issues of war and poverty and and disease. Um, music is going to help you rise above your problems. And you know whether you're five or fifty or seventy five, uh, you know there's something about a good tune that really kind of helps uh, kind of lift your spirits. Definitely. So I always have a really challenging time describing like the genre of music I like because I like so many different types of music and so many different like sounds. So when people are like, oh, what kind of music do you like? I don't know what to say. So how do you think you would describe your taste in music? Well, you know, I think it comes out of my interest in music, um, the music that I heard in the 60s. Um, back in the day, you know, you youngsters won't recognize these names possibly, but the Four Tops and the Supremes and a lot of the great uh, R&B groups of that era, Ray Charles, their music, um, you know, kind of really made you feel good. And so I feel like, you know, what Putumayo's mission in life is to do is to kind of identify travel the world, find great music, put them together in collections. You know, for kids, we've got uh, something like 20 collections that range from uh, jazz playground to European playground, world playground, African playgrounds. Uh, and these are collections that really essentially, you know, raise your spirits um, and kind of get you curious about the world, make you want to travel. And so I feel like the the underlying element though is is melody um you know a great song oftentimes really what 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 kind of connects people to it is the underlying melody and combined with rhythm and of course if it's got some good lyrics and beautiful voices singing um it all comes together and uh i think putumayo's concept is really to select music that as we say is guaranteed to make you feel good Absolutely. So what is the story behind your um, kids branch in the Putumayo music? What, what sparked your idea to create a kids branch for that? Well, what happened was um, back in uh, 1993, when I released the first Putumayo collection, uh, a lot of my friends who had kids were buying them and, and saying that their young kids really enjoyed the music. You know, it was music that was intended for adults, but kids loved it. But a couple of them started saying, well, why don't you do an album that's really targeted to kids that would really kids between the ages of, say, three, four and eight years old could love. And, uh, you know, I kind of took that as an opportunity or challenge. And I started looking around for music that I thought, you know, would form the basis of the first Putumayo Kids collection, which we called World Playground. And, and actually the Playground series and World Playground is kind of the over uh, kind of overlying or over the basic idea that the world is this playground where kids and musicians and everyone live and hopefully can cooperate and make beautiful music together. And, you know, it started there and the first release came out in 1999. And from that point forward, we continued to release uh, collections for kids. We did an album last year called Kids World Party, the first of a party series. Mm -hmm. uh, we did an album years ago called Sing Along with Putumayo and now have another one that's coming out in about a month called World Sing Along, which has great fun songs that kids can sing along to from around the world. That's awesome. 
You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we will be reviewing Barbie, Princess and the Popstar, Finding Nemo 3D, and the Perks of Being a Wallflower. And right now we are talking with the CEO of Putumayo World Music, and he was just talking to us a little bit about his kids section of Putumayo, which is the playground. And it sounds like you're coming out with some party songs, which is pretty cool. Hmm. So how do you think, like, world music benefits children you know instead of just listening to all of like the pop music we hear how do you think um culturally rich music benefits children well you know i i I always feel uh when i was a kid you know i would listen to the radio and i would imagine myself traveling to different places around the world and experiencing the food the music the culture um but i couldn't really travel much when i was a kid and so yeah Music helps transport you, I think, and kind of takes you to places, even if it's not physically. Um, you're kind of an armchair traveler when you listen to a song from Africa or Haiti or Latin America. And I think you're connecting with the culture. And I think that's the other thing that music does is it really uh, great international music. Nothing wrong with, you know, good pop music from America or England. But the reality is that there's so much beautiful music being created around the world that when you listen to it and you feel the rhythm and you enjoy the melody and the and the whole the beat you kind of get into it in a way and and kind of hopefully become a little more curious and if you know we have an album um we put out um as an example that's uh, recently come out called Arabic Beat and the music is so infectious that no matter what you feel you can recognize that there's great music being created in the Arabic world and we're about to put in an album called A Jewish Celebration which celebrates great Jewish music from around the world so really it's beyond politics and really connects people to the best part of other cultures and other people Well, it sounds like you're very passionate about your work, which I think is awesome, getting to do something you love. So what do you think is the best part about your job and, you know, what you do for a living? Well, I'd say one of the best things is certainly that I get to listen to really fun, upbeat music all the time. And it doesn't matter whether I'm having a tough day at work. It helps me rise above those, the problems that I had during the day. And I'm, you know, before I... Uh, joined this uh, radio show tonight. I was listening to some great music for a future album I'm working on. And after I finish, I'll be doing the same thing. And I'll be talking to people that we work with in Australia. Um, We have a small office there. And, you know, what I love about the fact that Putumayo can travel the world to find great music, put it together in these collections that um, bring people to these other places and that somehow we're introducing people in Australia where we have an office in South Africa, Mexico, Canada, anywhere in the world where people can actually, you know, listen, um, and, and connect to the music. Um, we also launched a a radio show with, uh, XM Sirius just recently called the world playground. We are launching a a project with leapfrog, uh, today, which offers some of our, um, you know, CDs as as digital apps. So that's exciting. That's a, a new thing today. And we, we're working on, um, you have a calendar coming out that features children's photos from around the world and more than 300 holidays. So we kind of look at music and culture as, 
you know, intertwined and hope there's an element of fun and education and travel all kind of wrapped up into a musical Putumayo package. That's so cool because not only do you get to listen to music all the time, but you get to listen to such a different spectrum of music. So thank you so much for being with us. And I can't wait to listen to some of your new CDs and new albums. And I hope that we all go and check it out because it sounds awesome. So again, thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Well, thank you, Raven. And and nice to meet you all over the phone. Yes, let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Coming attractions. 
I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Now let's discuss the adorable Finding Nemo, which is in theaters now in 3D, and we have with us Anthony and Cheyenne. So how are you doing today, Anthony? I'm doing good. Thank you. Awesome. And what about you, Cheyenne? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. How about you? I'm doing wonderfully. So, Anthony, why don't you tell us a little bit about this movie? Well, this movie is pretty much all about a fish named Marlin who um, has lots and lots of eggs, but then they all uh, go missing when a shark comes by. And then there's one egg left, and they call him Nemo. Sooner or later, Nemo goes to school and gets lost, but has a great adventure, and his father has to go through so many things to go save him. Well, I absolutely love Finding Nemo. Like, I watched Finding Nemo when it first came out, so I'm really excited that it's in theaters again. Me and my friend were like, oh my gosh, we have to go see it. So I'm really, really excited about it. So, Shan, what did you think of this movie? I thought it was great because the 3D was amazing, too. Was it? So what did you think of the 3D? Like, what made it so great? Like, the turtles and and then they, like, go up to the camera. It actually looks like it's actually popping up in your face, and it's so cool. That's awesome. So, Anthony, what is your opinions on the 3D in this movie? The 3D were pretty good. It's just what I was thinking if they could add, like, just a little bit more to the 3D. The 3D was really good, just I kind of was expecting a little bit more. Yeah, see, I think that's something that's hard about adding 3D to non-3D movies is because it wasn't originally made for 3D, you know? Because, Anthony, do you remember when we went to um, to the boot camp and how they talked about how they had to add um, 3D to the Lion King and stuff? So it's kind of the same thing where it's not going to pop out as much only because it's not necessarily a made-for-3D movie, but it sounds pretty good. So, Anthony, what did you think your favorite character might be? My favorite character... Well, I, I did say Nemo because he is a good character and he is kind of shy at the beginning. But then I had a second thought that it might be Dory because she is a super character. She has short-term memory loss, so she forgets things almost automatically. Yeah, I I like Dory, too. I just think it's funny, like, in the very first scene, like, when you don't know that, that she has memory loss at first, and then she just sounds like she's crazy, but I think she's so funny, and she just, she sees the positive side of everything. So, what about you, Cheyenne? Do you have a favorite character? I have two, actually. I have Dory, because she's so hilarious, and, like, she always, like, messes up things, like, so you're trying Chico, right? We're finding, and then mine's like, oh, no, me, most, like, Oh, yes, right. <laughs> yeah, the, I think. And then the turtle um, crush, when they met him on the way. Um, oh, yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's like, dude, no hugging on my shell, okay? I just waxed it. I know. He's so funny. I think all of the turtles are so funny because they're like, what's up, dude? Like, so laid back and chill. They're so funny. And then the and the little baby turtle, they're just like little mini hippies. It's so cute. I know. They're adorable. I especially love the tiniest little turtle. I can't remember what his name is, but he's so funny. And they like tackle 
um, the the clownfish. It's so funny. So, Wait, uh, do you have a favorite um, scene? Me? Yeah. Um, I I don't really have a favorite scene because I love all, I love the whole movie. Uh huh. I I can't even remember if I have a favorite scene. I haven't seen the movie for a really long time, but I love it. So, Anthony, do you have a favorite scene? Well, if I had to pick one, I would probably say when they met all the turtles. But I do remember the little turtle's name. His name is Squirt. Oh, yeah. I love, I love him. So why do you like the scene when they um, meet all the turtles? Well, because it's funny when they are... It, do you remember when Nemo sees Dory laying down, but she what she's really doing is just playing hide-and-seek with all the little turtles? Oh, yeah. He thinks she's, like, dead or something. Yeah, when Nemo's telling the story, the turtles... Um, um, Dory comes out and says, No way. I know. It's so funny. So... You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing Barbie, Princess, and the Pop Star, Finding Nemo 3D, and the Perks of Being a Wallflower. And right now, we are talking about Finding Nemo 3D with Anthony and Cheyenne. So, Cheyenne, do you think that you would add anything to this movie or maybe take anything out? I would leave the movie the way it is because it's just so amazing just by itself. I love Mm -hmm. it. And, Anthony, what do you think about the emotion in this film? The emotion? Well, um, the daffish Marlin, he Mm -hmm. does get really emotional when they catch Nemo, and he's really mad or really scared at certain times where he doesn't need to. Yeah, I I guess the emotion was pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think this movie is kind of a sad movie because, like, in the very beginning, like, the mom dies and then all of the kids die except for one. And then, like, the kid gets taken. And then it's just, it's so sad, but it's so funny, too. So that brings us to our next question, which is, Cheyenne, what age group would you recommend this film for? I would give it three and up because some younger audience might not get it and it might be a little too bright or a little too scary or loud to younger people Mm -hmm. in some parts. And do you think adults will like this movie? Oh, yes. My mom loves it, so adults have to love it, too. Yeah, I know when I was younger and I used to watch it all the time. I actually think I still have, like, my original movie, like, my original copy of this movie when it, like, first came out. And um, I know I used to watch it all the time with, like, my mom and my grandma and stuff, and they loved it. So I agree with you. I think it's for all ages, three and up. And, Anthony, what do you think of the age rating? Well, I guess the age rating could be for all ages. I'd say probably like two or three and up because yeah. I know what one thing that someone would be scared of if they were small. But when they meet the shark, oh yeah, the shark smells the blood and it tries to attack the fish. They probably would have been scared of that. Mm-hmm. I think um, Bruce the shark was like my favorite character I think besides Dory because I, I like how they have like the shark meetings and it's like fish are 
friends, not food. And like, yeah. I love, I love it. I think it's so funny. Yeah, they have like a British accent. Uh huh. I know, and that's so funny. And he's like, "Here's Brucey," and I just like, I just, I love, I just love this whole movie. It's so great and it's so funny. Yeah, so, and then, and then they confess, um, and they tell him if like they ate a fish, and Dory's like, "Oh, pick me, pick me." So like, know. um, so, and she's like, "Uh, my name is Dory. I'm a fish, and um, I hope I didn't eat a fish." <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, and they all they all brought like their other fishes, and they're all like so scared and like freaking out. Yeah. So Anthony, what? How many stars would you give this film on a scale of one to five? One to five, four. You will give it four. Why is that? Well, I did say I kind of wanted them to add a little bit more, like. 3D animation, it would be a lot better if they did. Yeah. But otherwise, it sounds like you really liked the movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And um, Cheyenne, how many stars would you give this film? If I gave it more than five stars, I would because it's such an amazing movie and it tells such a great message and it's hilarious. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like so far we really, really like this movie. And now I'm getting, like, even more excited to go see, like, see it in 3D. And my brother's standing right here, and he just goes, me too. So we're really, really excited to go see it in 3D, and we can't wait. So, Anthony, do you have any last words you would like to give to our audience before we take a break? Well, my last words I'd like to say is you probably should go see this because it is a lot better than the regular one because of the 3D. It looks better. So I'd say go out and see it whenever you can. Absolutely. So be sure to go check it out, just like Anthony put it so very awesomely. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? 
It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. And welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you are listening to Voice America Kids. Now let's discuss Barbie, Princess, and the Pop Star, and we have again with us Cheyenne. So how are you doing today, Cheyenne? I'm great. Thanks for asking. All right, so tell me a little bit about this movie. Well, it's about Pop Star Kira and Princess Victoria. Pop Star Kira is dreaming to be a princess. And Princess Tori, Victoria, and Tori's short for her name, um, she's a huge fan of the pop star, and she wants to trade lives. So they both want to trade lives. And so, like, the princess wanted her to come over, and they started to trade lives. And then she said it was the, um, both of them said it was, like, the best um, experience ever. But then, like, as soon as they experienced, like, the bad people, like, um, the queen... The aunt of Princess Victoria, she's very mean. And her dad is just um, very soft and nice. And pop star Kira, um, she has a manager. And he's really evil because he's very greedy. So you just oh, have geez. to watch out. Yeah, it sounds, like, it sounds like there's some people in there to look out for. So what did you think of this movie? I thought it was great. Uh, maybe one part, I think there was a blur, but the rest of the movie was great. Awesome. So, speaking of blurs, what did you think of the uh, cinematography in this film? Or the animation, I should say. Um, it's really nice, especially when Popstar Kira performs. It's so amazing. That's awesome. So, you liked the songs in this, um, in this movie? Yes, one of the songs is really stuck in my head right now. Oh, yeah. I kind of love it and hate it when songs get stuck in my head because, like, for a while it's nice, but then after a while you're like, oh, come on. Come on. Yeah, no more. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. But as long as it's a good song, it works. Yeah. If you have a bad song stuck in your head, it's like torture. Yeah, like the ABC song. <laughs> yes. Yes. I get the Rebecca, Rebecca Black song stuck in my head quite a bit. Party and party. And no, don't start. Don't start. Okay. So. <laughs> Do you have a favorite scene or a favorite character in this film? 
My favorite scene is when they start treating lives. As Popstar Kira has a magic microphone that changes her outfits really quick. And Princess Tori has a magic hairbrush that could change her hair. Like, she could put it up in a button, or she could let it down just by, like, the comb going down and, like, the microphone going um, where, her, um, where her clothes are. And it's so cool because sparkles go out, and when they're starting treating lies, um, Princess Tori's dog, Vanessa, I love her ears. It's braided. It's cute. And then in her British accent, she says, oh, this can't be good. Oh my gosh, too funny. So tell me, there. it sounds like, you know, if I was trading lives with someone, it seems like there might be a few conflicts. So were there some conflicts in the storyline of this film? Yes, there's um, a magical diamond tree that only the royal family knows. People think it's fiction, but it's actually real. And the manager, when he went with pop star Kira, he saw the door opening when um, Princess Tori uh, was showing Pops Akira, and he got so greedy, and that's that's what I mean by greedy. He wanted to steal that tree, and then he mm-hmm. stole a tr- he stole that tree of real diamonds. And oh no! I know. That's, that's awful. I'd be like, no, give me back my tree. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna stop you. <laughs> it's real diamonds they grow. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow. That would be so awesome. Can you imagine how awesome it would be if you just had, like, a diamond tree? I know, but the thing is, it only sprouts every five years, so oh. it's not but that still, cool. still, that would be, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, and the seed is a diamond. Mm-hmm. It's cool. So, do you think there's anything you might add to this film or maybe take away? Um, I'm might have added a few parts because the movie was kind of short to me. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's an hour long for some people, but I think it was a little short for me. It seemed kind of short. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, I mean, at least you liked it and you weren't like, oh, I can't wait for it to be over. So, I mean, at least it was too long. I mean, too short instead of like too long, you know? You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we will be reviewing Barbie, Princess and the Pop Star, Finding Nemo 3D, and the Perks of Being a Wallflower. So right now we are talking about Barbie, Princess and the Pop Star, and we are talking with Cheyenne, and it sounds like she really liked it, and it sounds pretty cool. So what else can you tell me about the characters? You know, how do they get along with each other? Well, as I said, Princess Tori and Popstar Kira wanted to trade lives. So they're very close together. And I think that was really cool. They had, like, the tablet and stuff, so they could always, like, talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, like, so funny. Barbie movies have technology in them now. I remember when it, there were simpler days where there were just mermaids and, and no tablets. <laughs> yeah, but it was so cool because... They, like, talk about, like, so, like, how was we her or, like, did, like, my aunt, like, kill you yet or something with, like, torture? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, what do you think the age group for this film should be? I'll give it to all Barbie lovers and all ages, maybe not for adults, because they might be not into Barbie, but... <laughs> yeah, 
I think some adults would probably be into Barbie, maybe if they have like little kids or something. But yeah, it's more of like a little girl Barbie fan. So definitely, if you're into Barbie movies, check this movie out because it sounds pretty awesome. And I know they have like the Princess and the Pop Star doll because like my little brother, whenever we go toy shopping, I would see it and I'm like, oh, I wonder what that's about. So yeah. if you want a Princess and the Pop Star Barbie, you can go check that out too. <laughs> So, how many stars would you give this film on a scale of one to five? Five stars. Just amazing. Jeez, it sounds like you really, really liked it. So, why yeah. would you give it five stars? Like, what was the most amazing thing about the movie? Well, it's just the animation. It's so pretty and beautiful. Mm-hmm. I have a little cousin who's, well, she's not so little anymore, but when we were younger, we used to watch Barbie movies all the time. Like, I've probably seen every, like, old Barbie movie. I haven't really seen any of the new ones. Um, But we used to watch them all, and I just remember, like, how cool the visuals were, because it wasn't, like, typical animation. It was almost, it was, like, so pink and so, like, almost plasticky looking, which is perfect for Barbie, because Barbie's, like, pink and plastic and glittery, so. Yeah. I love it. So, do you think that there's a scene that stood out to you, like, the absolute most, besides the part where they were switching lives, whether it's a scene that you really, really liked or a scene that you didn't like so much? Um, the scene that kind of surprised me is that the Anne, I think her name is Grace, but I just say the Anne, um, she, she was really mean in the beginning, so, and I think Princess Tori's mom died. You know how there's always, like, an evil person in the royal family? Yeah, the mom always dies, and then there's always, like, an evil stepmom or an evil aunt or something. Yeah, yeah, it was an aunt. So it kind of surprised me how um, the first words I heard, it was it was a yelling voice. So I'm like, wow, this person must be really mean. <laughs> yeah, you're like, geez, lady, calm down. Take yeah. a chill pill. <laughs> so... Do you think that there's anything else you might want to add to our listeners right now? Um, I wouldn't really add anything in the movie because, well, I would add a, a little bit, a few parts because it was kind of um, short for me. But, yeah. Do you I have any really ideas add. on how they could have made the movie a little bit longer? Um, I'm not sure because I'm not a movie maker, but I just thought it was just too short. Mm -hmm. just a little bit too short for you I always feel like that even if the movie is like three hours I'm always like no it was so good that's also how I feel when like tv series that I really really like when they end yeah when when they end I'm like no oh my gosh I want to know what happens next I know oh geez so do you think that you relate to a specific character in this film or do you think that the movie is relatable the movie is pretty relatable to girls because most of them either want to be a princess or a pop star. Pop star, you have a you have a lot of crazy fans out there. Just watch out. And um, princesses, you have to follow royal traditions and you have to be really strict and you know up <laughs> and mm-hmm. have things do the way. Cause like Princess Tori, she always gets in trouble because she always tries to have fun and that she has to do with a speech and she doesn't write she didn't write and like prince a uh, pop star kira when they traded lives the aunt locked her in her room and the aunt said you must get that speech written down or, or um and 
when you're done. And so she literally locked her in the room so she can't go outside. That sounds like really awful. That, mm-hmm. that, that, would, that would not be fun. But I mean, it sounds like there's pluses and negatives to being a princess and a pop star. And I absolutely agree with you. I think every little girl was like wanted to be a princess or a pop star or maybe even both at some point in their life. I know I was definitely one of those girls. I have pictures of me in princess outfits and pop star outfits. So it definitely sounds relatable. Yes. That would be cool if you're both. A princess who's a pop star. (laughs) Yeah, you could you could be the one singing at Royal Balls. You'd be like like ten times as famous though that would be that'd be a little (laughs) bit scary well it's time to take a break but guys be sure to go check out barbie princess and the pop star if you're a princess lover or if at one point in your life you've wanted to be a princess and a pop star which i'm pretty sure is the same for all of us let's take a break i'm raven devaney from kids first coming attractions again thank you cheyenne for being with us and you're listening to voice america kids Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. 
You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. And welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Now let's discuss the perks of being a wallflower, which seems like an awesome movie, starring Logan Larimer and Emma Watson. And we have with us Victoria. And oh my goodness, you got to go to the press junket for that, which I'm so jealous. So first off, let's start by how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. So, oh my gosh, tell us about the press junket. Like, who did you get to meet? Who did you see? That's, like, so exciting. I met Nina Dobrev. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. I'm probably botching it, but... (laughs) It's um, okay. You tried. It's the effort. (laughs) She was really nice, and she's really tall. I was standing next to her, and I was like, whoa, really tall. And um, she just seemed like a really cool person. She was all chill and, like, Lay back, and she told me about the movie and the Vampire Diaries, so it was cool talking to her. That sounds really, really fun. So, what do you think was, like, the best part of the press junket? Um, I thought it was going to be a lot of people, like, how you see on TV, like, in the commercials, with, like, a bunch of people with cameras and, like, asking a bunch of questions, but it was just the CW, and went down in the line, it was me, and I didn't really get to, like, stand next to her Mm -hmm. I was like behind the line and I just asked a few questions but it was like it was cool because I got to take a picture with her so that was a fun part I think I realized that like because I went to the Harry Potter red carpet press junket and I think I realized that like the media glorifies red carpets so much like you think that it's just like these people walking down the red carpet and it's all fancy but they have like their escorts like showing them around and it's all like it's not as elegant as you may think, but it's still really, really cool, and it's still really, yeah, it's really, like really, it's like really organized. And yeah, it's so yeah. it's so organized. I think it's so funny, like because they always have the people in the back that have like their timers and their headsets, and they're like, okay, let's move to the next person. So it, the media definitely glorifies it, but it's still pretty cool. So. But tell us a little bit about the movie, because I personally have no clue what this movie is about, but I want to see it so much. One, because Logan Larimer is really attractive, and two, because Emma Watson is so great. So what was this movie about? Oh my gosh, it was like the best movie ever. It was about <gasps> this guy, and um, who Charlie, who is played by Logan Lerman, and he... Okay, he has a really depressing life, I'm just going to say. He, like, (laughs) gets, uh, how do I say this? Um, He is abused, and he has, like, anxiety attacks because his best friend killed himself. So he's like, ah, and he goes into high school and he doesn't have any friends because you know how over the summer in eighth grade, your friends like change. And then when they get to high school, they like sometimes they want to be popular and like don't want to talk to you anymore. Oh, so yeah, that's how I, I know all about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like that's how it went for him. So he came to high school with no friends and his sister wouldn't even sit with him. And his brother went to college. So none of his brothers like old friends would talk to him either so he would sit 
by himself. And then he met these two friends, Sam and Patrick. And Patrick is Ezra Miller and Emma Watson. Oh, my gosh, she's so amazing. And um, they let him in, and they're both seniors. And they basically, they call him a wallflower because he observes, but he doesn't say anything, but he understands. And yeah. Basically, they go on this journey, like, he makes friends, and he has visions of, like, past events. Like, his problem is he holds the pain of everyone he loves inside of him. Like, he absorbs their pain for them because they, like, he has friends that, like, like people that treat them badly. So Mm -hmm. he absorbs all of their pain, and sometimes it just boils over, and he has these anxiety attacks. Where he yeah. like, sees everything that has happened to them and himself, and mm-hmm. it just gets overwhelming, and he just breaks down. Well, it seems like a very intense movie, but it sounds like really, really good. You are listening yeah. to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devani, and right now we are reviewing The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which at this moment right now, I'm like... I'm just like, why well, want to go see this movie like right now? Like, oh my gosh, it sounds so good, especially because I love all of the actors in it. So tell me a little bit what you thought of um, the talent and how do you think the acting was in this film? The acting was really amazing. I had never seen Emma Watson play anything except for Hermione in yeah. Harry Potter. So I was like, whoa, because I thought they were in high school for like eight years, but and now I'm like, well, you're playing a senior and your hair looks different and you're like mature in this movie. And um, Logan Lerman, I think that's Lermer, his last name. Yeah. Lermer. Um, I've only seen him in the Percy Jackson movie. Me too. So in this movie, he looks really different. Like I thought he was going to be like super attractive. But then, I don't know. I don't want to say he wasn't, but... He looked like, I don't know, I guess he was supposed to look like a gawky high school freshman. And he was really good at playing his character. Like, he was playing really intense characters and, like, showing his emotions, like, playing an emotional character. I think if Logan Larimer was a freshman and my high schooler, I'd be like, hi, do you want to be best friends? Like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) I love you. (laughs) So... What do you think of the emotion in this film, like, overall? It sounds like a pretty intense emotional movie, and it sounds like the emotion was captured pretty well, but what would you say, do you think there's any, like, up points in this movie? Do you think there's any happy points? Um, I mean, when he (laughs) finds friends, when he, I mean, Charlie, like, finds friends, and they let him in, and he, like, doesn't have friends before that, so I guess that's a happy moment. And when he is around his friends, he doesn't have, like, those anxiety attacks. Like, he thinks about his friends, and it just goes away because he's really happy when he's with them. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like, it does sound like a really intense movie, but it sounds awesome because we can't always have rainbows and sunshine, even though that would be pretty awesome. So, do you think you have a favorite character or a favorite scene in this movie? My favorite character is Charlie, of course. He's, like, the sweetest kid ever. Like, for Christmas, he got all of his friends, like, the best presents, like, that fit them perfectly. But they didn't really get him anything, so they felt bad. Oh, that's really sad. 
Yeah, and then his birthday is like on Christmas Eve. So no one really gave him anything because they all left. So he's like the sweetest kid. And my favorite scene was when... when, Okay, he was awkwardly sitting at a football game by himself. And then his friend, his now like friend in the future of the movie, Patrick, he's (laughs) sitting there like cheering for the football game. And then he sits like closer, but not like next to Patrick. He goes up in the stands and sits there, looks at him. And then he comes and stands in front of Patrick and goes, hi, and then sits down. That's so awkward. That would be so funny. That's how I make friends. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You just awkwardly like walk up to them and like, hi, be like, well, at least it worked. Sounds like it worked pretty well. Yeah. So, how many stars would you give this movie on a scale of one to five? Like a billion? But no, <laughs> I'm kidding. Five. It was, like, the best movie I've seen so far, and that mm-hmm. says a lot. It, like, it almost made me cry, and that never happens. I'll probably cry. Like, I cry at so many movies. Like, as long as they're sad, I cry. But I, cr- as soon as I start to cry a tiny bit, I, like, sob. Like You'll if cry I so many times, <laughs> I'll probably cry a lot of times. But the sad thing is, like once I start crying, I won't stop until like twenty minutes after the movie's over. Like I don't know what movie. I just saw a movie that was like really sad, and I like as soon as the movie was over, I just kept crying and I would not stop crying. And it was oh, it was um, it was The Outsiders. I watched that movie and I cried so much. And I just would not stop crying, and it was so intense. But so anyway, back to the point. So what age group would you recommend this film for? Okay, I would recommend this movie for 8th graders coming into high school and up. So that, like, 8th graders, like, over the summer, they can know that, like, high school isn't just, like, a fairy tale. It's not, like, just going to be sugar plum fairies and stuff. Like, you have to be prepared for anything that could happen so that you can know how to stop from going into a bad place so yeah I feel like this movie can prepare people for that are you in high school yes so do you think because a lot of times I'll see high school movies and like I'm a freshman this year so I went into high school thinking like oh my gosh it's it's gonna be like so it's gonna be like just like the movies and it's gonna be so cool but it's not at all so do you think this movie was (laughs) it's it's so not I was so disappointed I was like what everybody doesn't like look like supermodels and and nobody like there's there's no like fights in the cafeteria and like where's where's the and, singing like, clicks all the time like no yeah, it's, like, like normal. where's the singing and the choreographed dance basketball players like what is happening this is not <laughs> how it's supposed to be so do you think this movie was realistic to how high school really is or do you think it was another like hollywood movie it was an extreme realistic Cause like mm-hmm. sometimes these things do happen, but people keep it to themselves, so no one knows until the big aftermath happens. But yeah. I feel like this movie, like it, it shows you what high school could be like without like making it seem so great with like prom and singing and dancing and like choreograph everything like you said like high school musical or something yeah, like, I expected really my cool. high school to be like a mix of between like Glee and high school musical and I was like oh, dang it where's the 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 breakout dance moves and stuff but I mean my school is semi like that because I go to like a really artsy type school 
It yeah. makes me laugh, like, when I see people walking down the hallways doing some stuff. Yeah, yeah, I go to a really, really artsy school, too, and so I always hear, there's always, like, people playing guitar in the hallways, but it's not, like, a huge dance number breaks out. But, I mean, at least this film, it seems, like, pretty realistic, and I cannot wait to go see it. So, Victoria, thank you for being with us and telling us all about this movie. So, guys, be sure to check it out, especially if you're going into high school. And don't let this movie freak you out, because it sounds of intense high school's fun so don't worry so yeah be sure to go check it out because i will definitely be checking it out thanks so much for joining us you've been listening to kids first coming attractions you can experience more kids first fun watch our film reviews and see your favorite up-and-coming film critics by going to www.kidsfirst.org i'm raven devaney signing out and you're listening to voice america kids Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week. Bye.